Good day and welcome to another episode of the International News Desk. Whether you're tuning in on snl24.com forward slash Sokoloduma, Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Play, welcome to the show. I am your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Kurt the Dirt Buckerfield, welcome to the show, buddy. Shawnee, how are you? I am stupendous, my friend. I'm very excited for this weekend. Massive game ahead of us, as we know. Um, should we start off with that, Kurt, I guess? Come on the Blues. Straight into it. Come on the Red. (laughs) FA Cup final. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess we all know City are the favourites. Anything can happen in a big final. We know that. Not just in football. It's just sports in general. City coming off a loss. Uh, We can't read too much into that, Curti, I don't think. Um, You know, United having one of the better or surprising seasons, seasons, I guess. Um, I guess they're on a bit of a high. City winning the league, City potentially going to win the treble. What's your opinion, Cody? Yeah, I think, like you said, City definitely going to this, uh, going to this game as favourites. I think for United fans, including myself, it would be a very nice cherry on top if United could win the FA Cup. That would be phenomenal, especially beating City and therefore stopping their their chase for the for the treble. Mm. Um, that would be amazing, and of course, I want that to happen. But I'm not too confident. And like you said, I wouldn't read too much into City's loss to Brentford the other day. A lot of changes to the starting eleven, um, A lot of tinkering, resting players. So I do see City... <laughs> I do see City winning on Saturday, unfortunately. Um, but I would absolutely love it if that wasn't the case. It's, it's you know... Yeah, I'm sure you would because you're an idiot. But, you know... So- since taking charge of the club in 2016, uh, Pep has won 12 major domestic titles, yet only one has come in the FA Cup. Yeah, I know. It's quite interesting. I'm not really sure. Like, I don't I don't really remember City's FA Cup history in recent years, so I can't recall mm. by season. But it does feel strange that City haven't won more. Um, considering their dominance, you know, in the, the League Cup, where I think they've won four or five, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even more than that. So it is a strange one, but look, they could they could add a second this weekend. Um, it's in fact very likely that they do. Um, but look, like you said, it's a once-off game. Anything can happen. Manchester United have shown the season that they can beat City. They beat them um, at Old Trafford two-one. Um, I think it was a two goals, you know, four-minute period where we came yeah. from behind yeah. um, after Grealish had, had opened the scoring. So. Yeah. A result like that, a performance like that will give them confidence because Manchester United didn't just sit and, and play on the counter. They actually took the game to City at time. Um, so, yeah, I think Ten Hag will probably go into that game telling the players that there's not much to lose. They're coming up mm-hmm. against, um, although it might be hard to admit for Ten Hag and his players, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world right now. Sure. Um, just go and give it horns, see what happens. Um Trying not to concede early. That's my worry in that game is that when City put one past you early, they can end up giving you 5-6. And I think that would be an absolute disaster um, for United, who at times this season have really crumbled in games. You know, conceded a couple goals and then conceded 4-5. They can't have that happen this weekend. Um, So I expect a KG affair, maybe slightly more defensive from United than in previous games against City. Let's see. I'm looking forward to it. And I really, really hope that that the boys, United, can stop City from uh, their treble dream. I really do. 
Well, that's the thing, right? It's not just a cup final. You know, winning the Wembley showpiece would bring Guardiola one step away from equaling Sir Alex Ferguson's iconic treble with United in 98-99 um, against Inter. It's it's not a it's not just a normal FA Cup final. Cool, we win the final. There's a lot of pressure on City here. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on Pep. Uh, and that is the only thing that really concerns me going to this is the, the added additional pressure. Because I'm not too phased, to be honest, with the the, uh, the the European final. I'm not. Uh, I think we've got that wax. It's this one I'm a bit concerned about. Well, yeah. So this is like, actually, had, I wrote a feature about this previewing the FA Cup final um, in this week's Soccer Doom. And I was talking about how it could work in Manchester United's favour that City have this this Champions League final you know, just yeah. seven days later. Because you'd expect perhaps Pep to make one or two changes to his squad for that final. Um, uh, well, at least a, a different starting eleven in the FA Cup final to what the starting eleven might look like in the Champions League final. Maybe just one or two players, but changes nevertheless. Yeah. Um, perhaps City players go into this weekend's game really not wanting to get injured. Um, and therefore not performing to their absolute best. Yeah. There might just be certain doubts. And I'm not saying that that's definitely going to be the case. Uh, these are professional players who, you know, throughout the course of the season have played every three or four days. So they can handle it. I'm, I'm not saying that Manchester United need to run with that idea. But I do think that there's a slight advantage in that United have one more game to go, one more game to give it their absolute all. City... Um, meanwhile, we'll need to go again next week. It will be, it'll be difficult. I think. I, I think Manchester United do have a slight advantage, and then, of course, like you just mentioned, the pressure of of winning a treble, um, the pressure of playing against your city rivals in this mm-hmm. final. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's going to be an absolute cracker. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm sure we will be in constant. Uh, communication via WhatsApp, Curti, throughout the game. Um, so from one iconic manager to another, uh, let's chat on the Europa League final. Didn't go well for our boy, did it? No, I, I wanted Mourinho to win this one. Yeah. Um, you know, I was saying to Aiden, our producer before the show, that I was never a big Mourinho fan when he was at United. In fact, mm. I couldn't handle him when he was at United. Just thought he was the wrong foot. Um, but since he's gone to Roma... He's sort of won me over, and that's the, the the magic of Mourinho is that you love to hate him, yeah. um, and 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 he's always not he's never too far from making you a huge fan. Mm. And I was thinking this in the week, and you know maybe it's completely controversial, but what he's done at Roma, you know, can compare I think to what top managers have done at other clubs in the last couple of years, sure. taking a club like Roma to the Europa Conference League final and winning it and then in his second season taking them to the Europa League final um, I think that's a very very good achievement and um, yeah I'm disappointed that they didn't win but it was a it was a good game I watched the 90 minutes I didn't watch the the extra time and the penalties mm. um, on balance I would say Sevilla probably deserved it it seems like they played some very nice football at times but Mourinho um, I've seen in his post-match um press conference and I've seen videos and clips of him um, claiming that his team were robbed by by the referees, <laughs> the English refereeing team, by the way. Ah. So no surprises there to hear Mourinho making excuses, but that's why we love him. That's why we love him. We love to hate him, as you said. 
Um, yeah, crazy. I mean, let's chat on to something we've been chatting about for a long while now, uh, Lionel Messi. This morning, Curti says Messi has accepted a billion euro transfer. How true or false or what is happening? Look, there, there are going to be so many false rumors surrounding this because everyone wants to be first to the story. I think I mentioned that a few weeks back. Everyone yeah. wants to, to break the news. Everyone wants to get this one right. Everyone wants to make it appear as if they've got contacts within Messi's camp. But it's still up in the air. I think from what I read last night, um, from a journalist who's very close to Barcelona, mm-hmm. he says that Messi and Xavi are still in communication and that they are transmitting calm to one another during these, uh, I guess, confusing or uncertain times. Because Messi does have an offer from Saudi Arabia, that's very clear. Mm-hmm. It's Al-Hilal who want him. Um, and they've offered him a, a massive deal. He would earn more money there than Ronaldo's currently earning at Al Nasser. Um, and apparently that offer expires in two weeks time. So what we've seen in the last couple of days is uh, sort of impatience from Messi's side, from Messi's camp, from his father, who's his, his agent, George Messi. Um, they are trying to push for Barcelona to actually formalize an offer now because Barcelona are waiting are awaiting on La Liga to approve their plans, their financial plans. Um, only then can they actually go to Messi with the offer. And from what I've heard from an Argentinian journalist who's very close to the situation, who was very close to the Argentinian team and to Messi during the World Cup, he has said that if Barcelona had offered Messi the contract by now, he would sign it. He wants to sort out his future as soon as possible. He doesn't want to wait. He doesn't want things to drag on. Um, that's what happened when he ended up leaving Barcelona two years ago. So there's no official offer, but the desire from Barcelona is there and the desire from Messi to join Barcelona is there. Um, it just has to actually happen now. Um, so so let's see what happens. I do think that it's still likely he does return um, and that this could all just be talk and noise from Messi's side trying to get this deal over the line. Um, but it does seem like an offer will will arrive soon. And and presumably, Kurt, this offer will be nowhere near the Al Hilal offer. So which is quite admirable from Messi's side because it's not just a money move. Um, you know, he, he's doing the right move, I guess, for for him and for yeah. Yeah. So the, the one thing that needs to be sort of set straight is that Messi wants to go back to Barcelona. That is widely covered by the biggest journalists in the world. If Messi gets an offer from Barcelona today, he accepts it today. Um, it's not about the money for him, at least from what I've read. So if he does end up going to Saudi Arabia, it will be because Barcelona could not offer him a deal. Like they, gotcha. they actually couldn't you know, offer him any sort of a deal because La Liga said no to their plan. Um, he will earn a lot less at Barcelona um, than he would in Saudi Arabia. But that that's never going to go away, that interest in the Middle East. That's never going to go away. Ronaldo joined Al Nasser at 37 years old. Messi's 35. I think actually turning 36 this month. Yeah. Um, he'll always be able to go there at a later stage. We've recently seen now, and this isn't mentioned in our notes um, or listed in our notes as things to talk about, but Karim Benzema looks very likely to be headed that way too now. Mm-hmm. Um, he had actually previously sort of a verbal agreement with Real Madrid to extend his deal by, by a year. But it looks like that's not going to happen. Um, and he's been approached by Al Itihad, who, who just won the Saudi Pro League. He's going to be earning silly money there. So 
these players know that those offers are going to come, especially from a league that is trying to sort of make its mark and trying yeah. to grow. Yeah. Um, for Messi, I think his priority right now is Europe. And um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's probably going to be sorted in the next, I would say, week and a half. Wow, it's it's crazy, hey? I mean, that's where obviously all the agents are focusing now, Saudi. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, from one great player to another, Harry Kane, Curti, uh, it, it looks like he really wants to go to United. But having said that, uh, if there's no transfer this season, he's happy to sit out the rest of next season and have a free transfer tonight to United the following one. Yeah, um, look, Spurs, from what I've read, just don't want to sell him to a, a Premier League rival. They seem desperate not to do that, which I which I find difficult to accept. Um, not just as a Manchester United fan who would absolutely love Kane, but just as a football fan. When a player is just given so much to a club, it's hard to imagine that club not letting him fulfill his wish, whatever his wish is. Mm. Um, especially for a team that next season shouldn't actually be considered a rival of Manchester United's. They're not going to be in the Champions League. Um, I don't see Spurs pushing for a title. I mean, it's it's difficult to wrap my head around. But anyway, um, Kane is linked with Real Madrid. And mm -hmm. that ties into what I just mentioned about Karim Benzema. Of course, they'll be looking for a replacement, a long-term replacement, um, a proper replacement. Um, so if it's not Kane this season, it might very well be someone like Kylian Mbappe or Erling Haaland next season. Mm -hmm. um, but those are the two clubs right now um, that are linked with him the strongest. Um, yeah, he's had another phenomenal season. I was talking about it to Aiden yesterday and I, I asked the question, Sean, so I'm just putting this out there. Mm -hmm. Did he potentially have a better season <laughs> than Erling Haaland? Oh, God, here we go. Just hear me out. At one point, it seemed like Erling, Erling was scoring a hat-trick every week. Kane ended up just scoring six goals or six Premier League goals fewer than him. And I feel like that's a, a very underrated achievement in terms of the context. Spurs having an absolutely terrible season, falling apart, manager sacked, um... The, the interim manager then sacked Ryan Mason coming in for the end of the season or until the end of the season. I feel like that is a, a very, very underrated achievement. Um, what do you what do you think, Sean? What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I mentioned this last week, actually, Curtis, is that um, he sort of slipped under the radar this year, but being absolutely world class. Um, and I do, I, I, I do agree with you. I understand fully where you're coming from, 100%. Um, was it a better season than Holland? You know, it's 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 a tough one, but I do 100% agree where you're coming from, and that just shows the class, the quality of Harry Kane. Still captain, been at Spurs since 11, I think it it, it is. Um, yeah, it, it, it's madness, and it's and it, and it hasn't really been a talk of the town, has it? I mean, it's just it's been City, it's been Liverpool, it's been Arsenal, it's been uh, Holland. But yes, Kurt, I fully, fully agree with you. I understand what you're saying. Um, not too sure if... Yeah, I, I don't like questions like that because it's just... It's one of those sort of punchy... Um, uh, what's the, the term I'm looking for here? Like a clickbaity yes. you know, talking point headline. But childish. in terms of... Yeah, absolutely childish. Yeah, stupid yeah. immature. But in terms of uh, what Kane's done this season in, in a very, very poor Spurs side... Um, a Spurs side that's had three managers, I feel like that is incredible. And I don't think that the impact um, that Haaland uh, had at City 
would be too different to the impact that Kane would have in that City team. And that's yeah. kind of what I mean, that Kane is is a top-level striker. I think, yeah. in my, you know, one of the best, maybe three or four in world football, um, only turns 30 years old, yeah, I think in October. Oh, no, yeah. it's actually, I think, July. Um, only turns 30 years old, so he's still got years ahead of him. Um, and he's just been a great servant to the Premier League. And it feels like he's been around for ages. It feels like his mm. career is coming to an end. But like I said, you know, these players are playing into their mid-30s, late-30s these days. Mm. Kane played every single Premier League game this season. And I think that United fans are, are worried about his injury record while he was available for every game, for every minute this season. Yeah. Um, which is an incredible achievement on its own. And then to score 30 Premier League goals in that kind of a team, um, it's phenomenal. And I just hope that Spurs are fair with him because I, I think that Manchester United will, will be willing to meet what they want in terms of a price tag. Um, but it will ultimately come down to Daniel Levy deciding whether or not he wants to actually sell to, to a Premier League rival. Rival in uh, quotes. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess... Um very very quickly like what honestly what would happen to Tottenham if, if Harry Kane left that's that's the question right like he is the glue the the team is literally built around him yes there's some other world-class players but uh, I fear for Tottenham if they do sell him or, or when he leaves because it's inevitable yeah no I do too and I mean because he's entered into his I think he's got one more year on his deal like you just mentioned or earlier yeah. Um, yeah, previously one mentioned yeah. one year left on his deal the money that Spurs can realistically get for him maybe between 80 and 100, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which even that sounds steep for a player in his in his last 12 months. So maybe let's say between 70 and 100. Um, can that money be properly invested into the squad to make the team as competitive as it was at their pump with Harry Kane up front? I'm not sure. I mm. don't think that you can find a striker for that kind of money in today's age. Um, easily so i don't think that spurs can actually properly replace him but maybe it's about finding a different style of play maybe that that maybe there was an over-reliance to Kane. we've seen that in the past that when a very important player leaves a team it's not actually always the worst thing because other players step up so you know maybe they've also become too comfortable they've had him for the last what eight seasons or nine seasons mm. um maybe the other players will uh, will be able to shine once kane's left I don't know. Um, I don't see a bright future for them anyway. I don't see the bright future for them, even with Kane up top. I think things are, have, have turned so badly for that team, for that club, that there'll be a lot of personnel changes and managerial backstaff changes that need to happen before Spurs can consider themselves a top team again. I don't know. Um, yep. I, I struggle with that club. I struggle to to like them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Kurtz. Um, I, I, think, I think that's pretty... Uh, a good sign how to wrap up I guess Curdy uh, for the listeners this weekend is all about the FA Cup unless there's anything else that we need to keep our eyes and ears open for that's pretty much it I think yeah that and potentially Karim Benzema's future might be decided for this weekend because Real Madrid have their last La Liga game of the season and I think that if Benzema's leaving he'll want a nice send off and the club will want to give him one so sure. look out for that too Great, magic. Thanks, Curdy. And that is how we wrap up this episode of the International News Desk. So whether you have been listening on snl24.com forward slash Sokoladuma, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, thank you for tuning in. I've been your host, Sean Roberts. And of course, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Shawnee. Cheers. 